that's not what it's meant to happen, is it? There we go. How are we doing? Hopefully you can hear me. Just toggle a few dials. Inspired by this pretty little Halloween framing that it was offering me today. And so I thought, yes, we will do a Halloween special. <clears throat> Loosely themed, apart from these pretty graphics, until I get fed up with them and I need my uh, usual overlay. How are you doing? Hope you're good. Welcome to Friday. I've um, I've noticed that there's a comment that's coming already. Physio Wizard has just said Kristen Lord. Now I imagine that's a tag uh, of Kristen Lord, but especially because you consider what it says in the comments. Uh, sorry, in the title title sequence, it says what scares you in SK and healthcare. So if Physio Wizard, whoever you are, is Kristen Lord. In answer to that question, then uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm concerned. Um, I'm interested in in what it is about. Sorry, Kirsten Lord, that Physio Wizard is scared about. I noticed that the signals off a bit. Uh, apologies for that. Um, hopefully, you're getting me a little bit. You but many thanks those of you that are tuning in. Walter, he's from Periscope. Physio with Facebook coming in from YouTube. John, hi Jonathan. Thanks for joining it over. Signal Opie. So apologies for that. It will stay out. Got a coffee. Had the kids come in. They were running amok in the gym. But yeah, today I've had and I've had some great comments come through on, on direct messages on Facebook and on Twitter actually about what's scaring them about the industry right now. I also said I'd share a ghost story. I know it sounds funny. I'm not gonna be telling them about ghosts I've interacted with, but a story involving ghosts that certainly influenced my practice. So I'll be sharing that in a second. But yeah, thanks for joining. Signal seems to have stabilized a little bit. Do let me know if you can hear me okay, if things have tidied up. Tell me what you think of this little pretty frame, little cartoon surrounding me. Can you see that, or is that just for me? If it's just for me, then that's tragic, but hopefully you can actually see these uh, little pumpkins, etc. It's very jumpy, Jonathan said. Yes, sorry about that. It seems to be stabilizing a little bit now. It says the connection's up to 6 out of 10. I think I realized one of my mistakes. I always forget to turn my phone, which has got 25 apps, onto uh, open, onto onto. Uh, better do not disturb mode so hopefully that's improved it and we're we're uh, we're cooking and we can get going getting better and frame is there too jonathan thank you so much for being my virtual tech support this morning uh, this afternoon really appreciate it sally roberts very seasonal look i'm just here to please aren't i like using all the different features trying to be current although it does feel weird just for those that don't usually tune in, this is the usual frame. That's so. Otherwise, without this, I usually feel naked. But Halloween special, we're going for it. It looks pretty. It offered it me this morning. I thought, yes, we'll go for it. Halloween special. Now, what I've asked is, what's scaring you um, in MSK practice and healthcare? What is it about the current landscape and climate that many of you that are following my work and and that of Physio Matters, MSKR, Therapy Live, of course, you know, what is it that is scaring you? Um, now, I don't want that to necessarily just be all negative, of course. Uh, might be that it's disrupting you in a positive way. But generally speaking, I've had some really interesting comments. And so I want you to be thinking about that if you could. 
Um, Alistair's enjoying the frame as well. Hi, Ali. You all right, mate? Looking gorgeous with the frame. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, he's pretty cute, that little pumpkin. Um, so, yes, thank you so much for tuning in. But please do be thinking on or, or ideally answering in the comments section what your questions are. What is it at the moment that might be scaring you uh, about MSK practice or healthcare in general or can be state of the world? Honestly, I'm, I'm, I want you to share with me what might be scaring you at the moment. If, if no one shares anything live, uh, I've, I've got a few things that have come through on DMs, which is always interesting, you know, why people want to feedback that privately and i can understand why for considering some of them but uh, please do make sure you share with me if you've got any thoughts as to what's scaring you at the moment about whatever it might be you know any concerns you might have i'm not going to suddenly try and be ag agony uncle um, and, and counsel you but i'm just interested in what that might be and, and what your take is on that at the moment what's concerning you um and if you don't then i'm going to assume all's well and that you don't need to you know that everything's rosy um and i'll certainly be redundant as a provocateur and, and contrarian in that space uh be fascinated to see if if everything's all's well that'd be concerning but that concern me that'd scare me it'd scare me if there was no no improvements to be made if the world was a utopian paradise i think that would scare the hell out of me now i've uh, i want to start by uh, sharing this this what i've suggested is a ghost story um and uh and 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 we'll go from there as well as me recounting some of the questions and comments that i've had come in elsewhere ahead of the show when i said we're doing a halloween special so i want to i want to tell you this story now when i was probably about five or six years ago so i'm sort of um mid-range middle of the road msk clinician this at this instance in the nhs starting to build up with physio matters of course by that point but generally speaking i'm seeing a mixed caseload in the nhs department i think as a band six clinician in cheshire three days a week perhaps and we had an incredible physio assistant uh, who um will forever go you know be etched into my memory partly because of the atmosphere in which she was able to create just a lovely lady and someone that i did my best to try and poach i think even when i left she was brilliant and, uh, and then she laughingly you know she laughed at me and said you know jack I'm, I'm 40 years into an nhs career with the pension that comes with that and so no i'm all right for doing a couple of years in private practice before i retire i don't see why <laughs> she's like completely matter of fact as, uh, which i again i loved her for um anyway she we, we had this little gym off the side of the department which seldom got used in for various reasons really it was a bit a bit of a um a bit, a bit of an aside to the department and we had enough space in the department that you didn't really feel you needed to use it but the, but what you used to walk through there to get i think some notes were filed there and stuff like that and so you occasionally walk through this gym and it had this uh, napkin it's oh, a napkin what do you mind about um paper towel dispenser that's automated that you put your hands under and it detects you and then and it lets the uh the paper towels out now i imagine that people know what i'm on about especially at the moment i imagine they're very popular in covid you don't want to be touching stuff so you put your hands under and it dispenses a paper towel now whenever you went into there because it was seldom used you'd go in in the in the morning and you'd find sometimes there'd be paper towels that were on on the all over the floor because it's detected something in the night um and it's i mean i was then saying it's faulty you know it's annoying that's a lot of waste and uh in a trip hazard and um and this uh, physio assistant then said to me well how do you know it's faulty it could well be that it's detecting paranormal activity it's detecting spirits it's detecting um something otherworldly the building's otherwise locked no one else is using it we lock it all up but then this dispenser i'm suggesting is glitching she's saying well do you not believe in ghosts 
Now, we had a good laugh about this, and we had a good enough relationship for me to say, well, well, no, I suspect it's a malfunction rather than a ghost. But it got me to thinking, and the reason why this changed my practice, apart from it just being a bit of fun where me and a, a friend at the time uh, were disagreeing about the relevance or prevalence of ghosts in that department, is that it got me to realizing that she was uh, working with my patients, doing rehab with them, etc. And did I need to mind the fact that we disagreed on the existence and locality of any ghosts at the time, right? It was kind of this, made me realize that we have these relevantly different worldviews as to the likelihood of that happening and things like that. And I was concerned, probably at the time I was in a situation where I was probably becoming a bit confrontational, not just on the internet, but on the podcast and stuff. And I was thinking, would it, would I need to really change her mind and she's working in healthcare? I'm sort of thinking, look, that's something that is without appropriate evidence. And her holding those beliefs, is she transferring those onto uh, the way in which she goes about her work and how she interacts in life in such a way that I need to somehow double down on persuading her? Maybe I go through a, a fortnight's worth of lunch times trying to debate with her as to why I think there isn't a, a ghost, not just triggering off the tape uh, that the paper towel dispenser but just generally speaking that that's an unhealthy view to have right and vice versa maybe she'd try and persuade me on the prevalence of of, of ghosts or whatever or the likelihood of ghosts and she had some stories there she wanted to share with me and we were doing so in a friendly manner now the reason why this changed my practice in, in it sticks with me is because it was in that moment that i came to realize that her holding that private belief in ghosts in this instance and that, that it could well be that their napkins are on the floor i keep calling them napkins because of a ghost trip in that sensor, is that it just so didn't matter to the way in which she was engaging with her work and the way in which it influenced healthcare in this context and, and my ability to, to, to instill sensible evidence-informed information to patients. However, there is a threshold, and this is why it really influenced me, is because I came to realize, well, where would it be? What is it that she holds that belief, and I disagree with her, and we're working on with the same patients, and let's say she was a qualified member of staff, and that someone uh, rolls a dice in the NHS lottery, and she, I get one patient, and I get, and she gets another. Um, and where would it matter that she believed in ghosts, right? And I realized that, let's say, she's treating an OA knee patient who then says that, oh, yeah, I've been having some problems at home. Like now and again, I've got a bit of a you know, draft. Say they've got a cold sensitivity and they say, my knee's worse when I'm in a draft or it's cold and things like that. And uh, we've, we've had a real draft in the, uh, in the uh, conservatory recently and stuff, and that seems to be annoying. And so we're looking into that. And if she were then, in, in light of that information, if she wasn't then going to say, well, temperatures do seem to make a difference sometimes to people's people's uh, knee pain, but don't worry about it. It's something, you know, basically offered some reassurance or said, yeah, people do uh, sometimes respond differently, especially after they say they've had a knee replacement. I said, oh, a knee, let's say a knee replacement or whatever. And they're just saying like, oh, it's sort of sensitive to, to drafts and breeze and stuff like that. And she said, oh, this is how we might work on that. I have to desensitize it. Don't worry, keep it moving. If she instead then said, have you checked? your house for spirits you know that seems to be a really influential feature in people's recovery you know you don't want to be these pesky ghosts that are going to be influencing oa knee or knee replacement knees you know you definitely want to be checking your i've got a guy i'll give you his card actually he comes around and does some sort of what exorcism or i don't know some uh, ghostly reiki practice that can sort of cleanse your house of spirits because those drafts might not be drafts at all they might be just a ghost passing you by and flaring your knee up and stuff right if 
that belief that she had became something that influenced the care delivery and that her beliefs she was trying to transmit to patients without any sort of evidence backing. That's when it would be an issue. Now, she was not doing any of that, of course. Right? She wasn't going anywhere near that stuff. I'm making all that up. But I'm just meaning that if there was any influence of that privately held belief that she was then transmitting in healthcare, especially in a sort of tax funded system of which she's, you know, she's, people aren't deciding and choosing to come to her for those sorts of things. You know, it's a different thing when people pay for a seance or whatever. But in this instance, people coming in for, with sore knees that then end up seeing her and a lot of the care delivery she's, is influenced by her private belief in ghosts. I'd have an issue with it. And so how this influenced my practice said ghost story is that it really made a big difference to me to sort of tidy up the lines between someone having a privately held belief of which I might disagree with and might challenge them just only playfully and not need to really change their mind in order for us to make progress together as a health team. Or when it flips a switch or when a line gets crossed or whatever metaphor we use, it, it could well be that that influence uh, that she's then sharing and those beliefs being extended on patients that would be where i'd have a bigger problem with it and we need to therefore agree on some commonly stated agreed upon might not be conviction-based evidence but certainly there's there's a sense that um, actually this is within the realm or the spectrum of which we can sort of work on things and to have people then inferring that without evidence that ghosts might be influencing their symptoms that's where i'd end up having a problem with it and probably a bit sooner than that as well you know it's like a but, but that's made, made me realize and gave me a clear indication that, that, that where these things were whereas at a time where i was thinking that actually changing people's beliefs in the direction of rationality in a sense is super essential as a foundation point to changing their minds and making them better clinicians it kind of made me realize that actually those sorts of fights aren't as important as not because we were getting on really well and doing well for patients and and um, she's a brilliant clinician that you'd want anyone to see even though she believed in ghosts and it, it didn't matter and so it only matters until it matters that's what i wanted to say and, and that's why i thought it was a an interesting sort of example and take i suppose um so please do you know share with me as to whether or not that was even close to relevant um i'd be interested in your thoughts on that and i will be bringing in your comments in a second um but um, when i said what does what scares you um i had a few responses on social media and um the bloody right to be scared to be honest especially because they're having to share them privately to some extent meant that i can understand why one of which was that um people feeding into my biases this week where i said i'm at war with conviction there were people that were scared about just the general tribalism that seems to be occurring and they did admit that this was something that was outside of healthcare and msk they can see some cohesive forces in in msk and in healthcare but then um, generally speaking they're sort of concerned about current affairs politics uh, a sort of sense of a sense of civic duty sort of fraying and fracturing across certain lines and they were concerned about that and said that they're scared about just how far that can go um and, and looking at the america americas because we're talking about uh, the u.s election a bit next week as well and we did last week with sandy people saying that you know, how feasible might it be that we could end up having civil wars drawn on various different lines and so that was someone wanting to share with me that they have a, a current issue at the moment where they're scared about you know, major rifts like that, you know, um, civil wars rather than international ones. So yeah, that was an interesting thing. And I'd be interested in anyone else's thoughts as to whether or not that keeps them awake at night. Um, there was another one that was more specific to the industry, whereby I have a physio student who said that I'm scared at how difficult it is for me as a student to ask questions, educators, both in the institutions and on placements. And 
gave some frightful examples as they are people that pinch into these sort of MSK CPs. I look like my signals just dropped. Apologies for that. Hope you're still getting me. If it's glitchy, sure. Hope it does. Um, do let me know you're here. Sorry about that. That's enough. Um, the crack on and then you tell me if uh, if you can. Um, but yeah, they they are paying attention to general evidence informant. They're trying to work out exactly how they might about things in practice and then room dissident are too disruptive asking questions of their in such a way that then gets them particular this suggestion be thinking it shouldn't be public uh, for a time that's seriously and i think they're right to be scared um i'm glad now there's a ghost in the signal drop due to that yeah it could put that up on screen I don't hear any of this. Some of my work of second may well be uh, not broadcasting, and so I don't know what's going. On. It's really annoying. Um, but yeah, hopes itself out soon. This <laughs> David saying exorcism versus exercise. Therapy. <laughs> I uh, I definitely want to uh, talk about some of. The these questions. I hope the signal stabilized. Nothing said. Can I mention? Yes, of course you can. Is that scaring you? Is that worrying? Um, some people not bothered about it. It seems at the moment, and others certainly concerned about it. So thank you, Jonathan. You're absolutely right to bring it up. David's saying he's concerned about the mental health of clinicians that we don't know about due to COVID. Absolutely. I've long been talking about this COVID displaced community. Massively concerns me. Not just you know. I also concerned about COVID. But it's kind of that become a COVID health service across many different aspects, and there's so much going on, especially the mental health, equally, and the, the the anxiety and depression features that we're not going to be picking up on because people are isolated, and that does concern me for sure. So, David, I agree with you there. Here's a big one from Alistair Beverly, of which you won't get all of it on screen, but I certainly trust him enough to pull it up on screen and just to read it out and see where we go from it. So I haven't read this yet, but he said he's, he's scared of the Wild West that appears to be social media and the public perception of what high-quality MSK practice, whether physios, chiros, osteos is. We still have to find ways to get our public messaging right and out there. Don't know what the message is or how to get it out there, but when I see videos of grade five minips, cervical minips, tens of millions of views and comments i'm concerned about we can compete with that i know these are concerns you've discussed and are seeking to address so yeah that's nice and i appreciate the uh, finale there alistair is that you've recognized that i know i go on about these things and it's such a shared passion of mine and yours and stuff and you're your key voice in is trying to change the change the minds of many on that Massively concerns me that, yeah, you make a make a semi-viral MSK video that changes people's minds in our tiny little bubble in healthcare that gets a few thousand likes and shares and things like that. And then you see um, something like Lad Bible and the Daily Mail reposting a, a compilation video of clicks and cracks um, or pulling on with massive straps or using a bloody sledgehammer, literally a sledgehammer and chisel and stuff on people's frozen shoulder. And, and that's going viral and people in the comments saying, oh, you need to get some of this. And, and where can I find someone that does this hammer and chisel therapy uh, local to me? 
and they are, you know, we, we're losing that fight. And I think it's a massive issue. Um, MSKR, of course, have got plans in that direction, but have been, the, the way in which we exert influence as MSKR through journalism is massively the thing that's been disrupted most by the coronavirus pandemic. We, you know, the, the health healthcare information through mainstream journalistic channels has been totally disrupted because all they're interested in, and and, and somewhat rightly so, is is coronavirus and other associated features. So MSKR, MSK drops down the the roster there, and that's a concern. And we're trying as best, and we will certainly in the new year be working on that. However, um, on social media, that is what is interesting is that these things are clickbaity and uh, and it is a it is a major concern but i think we need to try and my answer to it is something that is somewhat controversial in that i can't see a way around it unless we allow ourselves to be entertaining unless we allow ourselves to take off some of the shackles of what might be considered traditional professionalism and being sort of dry and prim and proper and, and instead sort of challenge these things and, and call bullshit on them including using words like bullshit um, and I think that that's something that is a, a concern. We've not adapted to the fact that we could create similarly viral posts if we were to do reaction videos to these bullshit videos and stuff. But this, this sense of caution, sense of what I call professional correctness that exists and is pervasive across the MSK industry and healthcare generally, that means that instead we're all happy clappy about, about things and pretending that all's well when these things are pervasive and we need to challenge them. So... Thank you, Alistair, for that. I'm scared of that too. And the Wild West is absolutely the right way of putting it. So thank you so much, Alistair Beverly, coming to, on LinkedIn uh, with that share. Um, Kath has agreed with David that there's a ghost in the machine. I hope you're hearing me better now. It looks like this stable, stabilized signal. Um, and so I appreciate uh, that uh, it glitched a bit there. So I'm, I do apologize, but hopefully uh, you're back with me. So yeah, what are your thoughts on this uh, story that I've told you about then with the uh, student that's scared about the fact that his questions, um, however which way he approaches them, especially those that he's sharing on put in public and on social media. He's been encouraged by some to get involved and, and, and share and, and his knowledge and questions. And I think that then, um, really, we, we then are sometimes stifling those inquisitive folk by um, the reaction to said questions, right? Um, and I think that, I hope I'm not guilty of this, but I can so see that there'd be certain students and certain people that, their questions are, are brilliant to a point. And then maybe even I would get sensitive if they were being sort of um, disrespectful. You know, it's like, where do you end up? How much? I am someone that's just got a quite, you know, some argue a problem with authority. But me, I always sort of argue that anyone that's got unjust authority and power that I don't think is deserved or earned, then I, I love to poke at that. But there are people that have earned their stripes and that have a knowledge base and a conviction, I dare say, in certain areas that is justified. And so then a student asking questions of them is fantastic. And I doubt that, uh, certainly I hope I'd not be someone that would shut people down like that. However, there are circumstances where I imagine if they then didn't adjust their viewpoint and, and weren't having a back and forth, or they were asking questions that have been answered 100 times that they've just not seen the answers to before, and then wanting an engagement that is of a level that's sometimes not worth someone else's time, I can so imagine that there are some people that are persistent and, and becoming almost like the, the child that tugs on their parent's shirt and just says, why, why, why? And you, you, know, you could understand the way in which questioning of a persistent questioning that doesn't adapt and change and become conversational could be annoying. And uh, I don't see a lot of that, but I can imagine that there are circumstances where that happens. And 
therapists then say, look, I'm not interested, I'm, I'm clocking out in this conversation, that's seen as being sensitive and protective. Whereas there are other circumstances where basic questions, you, sometimes you don't realize, but you're questioning things that are sometimes really sacred. And that one of the ways in which people in power and authority or experience can shut people down is just to infer that, you know, you're, you're not, you're not, you know, and uh, not, it's not appropriate for you to be challenging those things. You know, what would you know? And, and a way of shutting people down, which is one of the examples that was shared with me from students is definitely worrying where it's clear that there's an, in, in this instance, there's someone that's, um, suggesting that a student is being above themselves in uppity um when when actually they're being genuinely inquisitive and that concerns me i think one of the things as well is sometimes you don't know if it's, it's quite obvious that uh, you've got an established clinician interacting with a patient or an established clinician interacting with a student sometimes it's a mistake that gets made where if there's not if those things aren't obvious then sometimes you speak interprofessionally as if you're on a level and then it can be, come across as more dismissive than, than should be. Um, and I, I don't like that. But similarly, I can understand how it happens. If you think you're speaking to a similar level of professional of 10 years experience, but it turns out you're speaking to a, a, a pediatric patient who's 16 who happens to be tweeting at you, um, and your, your way in which you engage them might not be appropriate, but you didn't know any better. But when you know better, you should do better. And so, so I sometimes see that. And I definitely want to uh, make sure I acknowledge that there are instances like that that are concerning. I think another one that came through uh, to, to finish is that people were con concerned about the fact that can appropriate messages at this time of coronavirus about MSK issues cut through for whatever length of time? I was mentioning about it being difficult. I think it's something that what concerns me and, and someone that got in touch with me is that it's all well and good as saying that for a period of time, quality messages about general health and fitness and, and all the other features that we were somewhat making some public health progress and understanding the complexities that surround MSK pain and stopping people being structuralists and biomechanists and all that sort of stuff. It's all well and good as saying for a time that's going to be off, you know, certainly less relevant than epidemiology and virology and, and other um, infectious disease type thoughts in the in the in the press and in, in social media and where our concerns are about hygiene. If that sustains for years, then I think we're in some bother, and um, and that is a concern of mine as well, and something that we're scared about. So, weirdly, we had a mixed bag of a show there, haven't we? Um, where I'm, I'm I'm asking about your fears and what you're scared about, so it was always going to have a bit of a negative turn. But I also told a funny ghost story, so I hope that was useful. Um, and I've not had any comments sort of telling me that they have no idea what I was on about. Um, but equally, I've not had one saying, "Oh, thanks, Jack. That was a really valuable story. That's really influenced me." You know, I accept that that was probably just uh, the only Halloween-related thing I could even think of from my past that might be worth sharing. Um, David has said, I'd rather have questions that can't be answered than answers that can't be questioned. Absolutely lovely, of course. Brilliant quote. And Alistair said, sex sells and gets clicks. <laughs> just an idea. Yeah, MSK-related educational porno is not on our agenda. I'm not planning that. And so I don't know if uh, Alistair's got anything, tricks up his sleeve there or he's uh, planning any sort of shirtless poses um anytime soon but uh, feel free to crack on it's certainly not some of that you uh you want you don't want my body anywhere uh anywhere near that at the minute i tell you that but um yeah maybe there's an idea there unfortunately he's right about clickbait though isn't he sex or otherwise you know it's something that is massively concerning that you know generally speaking we've we've got to find a way to 
Now, I don't think it's a you can't beat them, join them thing. You know, we don't want to succumb to a race to the bottom in terms of the information being false and just trying to get, you know, the ends justifies the means. I don't like. I've said that a number of times this week. However, I do think that we need to find a way to be appropriately entertaining and to not be naive enough to think that, why didn't they read our blog or why didn't they read our full-length peer-reviewed journal article and instead, you know, the uh, the Cowboys, the Wild West, as Alistair said, they're just going to dine out on things. So that's how we've got to find a way to counter it, in my opinion. But I'm always interested in your thoughts. So, yeah, we're out of time today, but I really appreciate it if you were to send me any comments, be that in DMs or anything like that. Um, and uh, Alistair's made a great point, especially, I imagine, about the topless aspects. He said he'll leave it to Meekins. Yeah, Meekins, there's too much... Too many images of Meekins' body on social media, aren't there, recently and stuff. It's putting me off my putting me off my tea most of the time. So yeah, thanks Adam for that. Really appreciate it. But I don't know how much that'll sell, mate. If you think that that's gonna change people's minds, then I think we're gonna need better body models than Meekins. Well done with your weight loss, by the way, Meekins, but still I can't imagine that's gonna be the thing that's gonna change the game compared to the hammer and chisel bods. I don't think they're gonna be the ones that uh, <laughs> that are gonna manage it. So uh, certainly, uh, certainly really appreciate you. Bernadette's made a comment in the last 11th hour, so we'll, we'll definitely uh, bring this in. Thanks, Bernadette, for your comments. So I'm going to have to go after this. But what scares me is the disconnect between what he's offered to MSK patients from the NHS compared to what he's offered in the private sector. Experienced MSK patients can detect scam treatments, but vulnerable patients do not always. The more desperate one is to, with pain, the more one succumbs to anything that therein is danger, is the danger. And therein is the danger, sorry. Oh, what a great point and what a great way to finish. Bernadette is an MSK patient herself and uh, and he's, he's making a great point there that, that the differences between NHS and private care, of which we all sort of know about and we've spoken about on this show, um, are certainly concerning. And you think about not just the treatments, but also the access and the service levels and, and, and the policies and the amount of attention you might get in different. The fact that that's so different is a massive concern. And also, yes, Bernadette's right about the fact that it's hard for patients to really see through the bullshit, uh, whereas more, more experienced patients can do. It's more difficult for the vulnerable that don't don't know any better. So, yeah, thank you so much for that, Bernadette. It's such a brilliant place to finish. And please do continue the conversation wherever you might be listening to this. Um, but I'll be joining you next week. And next week, you'll see a graphic coming out uh, on social media soon because we've got a, a week full of guests. So on Monday, we've got Michael Schumacher talking marketing, marketing Mondays. Tuesday, we've got John Ware talking about the US election on election day. Wednesday is Wellbeing Wednesday with Joe Turner. Thursday, we've got Becky from the Massage Matters podcast, and she's going to be talking a little bit about manual therapy and the way in which she integrates that and the role of the massage therapist in an MDT. And on Friday, we've got Obi Hassan, Finance Fridays. So it's very much a private practice model that we're trying to work on for the week. It's the first week of a month, and we're sort of testing that as being a model. And so please do join us next week for those shows because they're going to be absolute belters. But in the meantime, have a great weekend. Thanks as ever, and I hope you've enjoyed our little Halloween special.